episode by episode podcast where we discuss the show Supernatural. I am one of your hosts, Dan, and with me as always is his wife, Penny. Hello. Hello, how are you? Yeah. What's the matter? I don't I don't know. I'm just so grumpy today. Yes, I could tell that from the minute you woke up that you were grumpy. And it's it's just a whole week of like people always needing me or waiting for me or just something from me and it's just like ugh. Need everyone just to leave me alone for a day. Hopefully that day will be tomorrow. Hopefully. Tomorrow is the weekend after all. Yeah, but then even Sunday I gotta work, so it's like it just it's never ending. That really and I'm sucks. sure tomorrow someone's gonna want me to work for them too. You well, know who. So Yeah, I know. <laughs> Your it, bestie. It's just it's 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 gotten on my nerves and I'm I'm at my boiling point. So I apologize if I sound cranky. Um, but this was a good episode. I did enjoy it. Um, we watched It's a Wonderful Life last night. Uh, not exactly a prequel to this episode, <laughs> but definitely a foreshadowing of what's going on in this episode. Did you want to talk about It's a Wonderful Life or anything? No, I'm just uh, thinking about the drugstore scene. Now, I asked Dan if this was a Mandela et- effect type of thing, but... It seems like I remember, and I don't remember if it's A Wonderful Life or if it's a different movie with a similar scene. In the movie, I remember seeing the boy found a a note or something indicating that the druggist put, the pharmacist put the wrong, gave him the wrong prescription to handle. Instead of, in It's A Wonderful Life, young George Bailey actually sees a bottle of poison yeah, a little um, bit of backstory. And It's a Wonderful Life. The kid realizes that his pharmacist boss uh, put poison in some pills for a customer. And uh, so he, he did not deliver them, and he got a whooping when he got back. But he eventually was able to explain to his boss, uh, dude, you uh, put poison in there. I'm not, you know, sorry about that. But And then the guy feels really bad and starts crying. Um, yeah, you asked me if I know that scene from something else, and... I feel like I do, but then I always come back to like, well, I always knew it from It's a Wonderful Life, so I really can't think of where else it would have been, except possibly a Twilight Zone episode or something. Yes, yeah, so I was thinking maybe something similar wasn't a Twilight Zone episode or something like that. Because or... I don't even know like any other, I don't know any other show or movie that involved a pharmacist <laughs> delivering things. I mean, that's, right. that's where I fall apart is like, I don't even know another pharmacist reference. It's not like I'm Brady Bunch. Greg Grant did that part-time. No, and it would be have to be an older-type show like this where you actually had the pharmacist putting the medication in the capsules, having the little kid, to, you know, younger kid, because, of course, labor laws these days couldn't have a kid that young working. Um, so, yeah, I, that's what and I think. just handing the boy a box of drugs and saying, take it to this lady. <laughs> right. So that's what I'm thinking. It must have been an older show like Twilight Zone or there was another show kind of like Twilight Zone. Yeah. Um, crap, I can't think of the name of that now. Either. Yeah, I mean, pharmacists used to do a lot of uh, the custom medications. Only some pharmacies do that. And I forget what they're called. It's got a specific name. Apothecary. Though. The apothecaries still do that. Yeah, where the the doctor writes a prescription for like a couple of specific quantities of something, and then so then they'll mix it up in those quantities, and then pack the cat tap. They'll press the tablets or do something. I don't know. Right. Um, 
Yeah. So, well, this is an excellent uh, place then to mention our website, coupleofidgets.com. If you go over to today's uh, episode, the webpage for it, can leave a comment if you know <laughs> what Penny's talking about. <laughs> uh, was there another movie or a television show or something that involved a child? Oh, I remember the other show, The Outer Limits. That's another show that was from back in the day, kind of like. Uh, yeah, that might have had it, you think? Yeah, either that or Twilight Zone or I don't know. You know, the Outer Limits, man, people think that Twilight Zone was slow. Outer Limits is slow plus not good acting. (laughs) At least Twilight Zone, it was like amazing acting and usually amazing uh, cinematography with it. But then Outer Limits, it was just like the same sort of story, but all of the good stuff out of it. I, I, I wasn't into Outer Limits. Were you? Mm, no, I don't really remember watching that many Outer Limits. Um, what was the only fav- Outer Limits that we did watch was the 90s revival. When you and I first got together, we watched that every Sunday. Right. What was your favorite episode of Twilight Zone? Twilight Zone. Oh, shoosh. I would have to look at the list and go through it because I'm sure I would name one and then in two minutes think of another one that I like well, more. The one I that always comes to my mind is to serve man. Yeah, I like that because if you don't know the premise of this this episode, these aliens come. They have this book that's called entitled "To Serve Man," and they're like giving humankind all these wonderful things, and then they're gonna take humans to their plan, people to their planet, and they're gonna live a wonderful life. Well. When they finally translate the book, they find out it's a cookbook on how to serve man as yeah. their yeah, meals. They, they had this. I guess it is kind of a, a cool story because you first meet these researchers that are trying to crack the code of what their language is, and uh, so they're able to finally get translated the first uh, the cover of it. And uh, but by now, like if you follow the background story, like. Pretty much all of government has been evaporated away. Like, these aliens have just taken over everything. Right. And then uh, their resources, the the research team, their resources get fewer and fewer. And uh, it's pretty much, like, right at the very tail end of any government, it seems. And then that's when they know that it's a cookbook and not, (laughs) you know, their big plans for how they're going to help them, like they said. That that is a fun episode, but it's it's a lot like... um, a lot of M. Night Shyamalan movies. As soon as you know the ending, then it kind of loses all of its magic. It's kind of that first hit of, oh, my God. Right. You know, just like the other one where the guy lands on Mars and then he ends up, you know, he's cooped up in his capsule or whatever. And, like, his friend's like, don't worry, you know, people are nice. So People are the same all over. Thinking that they'll be nice. Well, then he ends up in a zoo. And it's kind of like, well, that's fun. But as soon as you know what it is, it's kind of ruined. Right. I really, I like... Um, there's one episode where a guy gets somehow he gets to pick his way to die and he ends up in the room with the bomb and then he tricks the other dude to be in there with him or something like that I don't remember that episode yeah there's yeah and it's uh, I think that is like he he's able to pick his method of execution. He picks it by bombing, and he bombs himself, knowing that the other guy will be next to him. I think that's the premise. Well, you know, obviously, if that one really stands out in my head. That is my favorite. All right, we've gone on far too long without talking about Supernatural here. 
Why did to serve man though? That sticks out in your head. That's your yes. Favorite. All right. Oh, and the one with uh, William Shatner with the creature on the airplane wing. Well, that one's just comical. Right. Watching the guy run around in wet carpeting. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, the movie was good too. The '80s movie, but it's kind of sad to watch, knowing that uh, two children and that actor, what's his ass? I can't remember. Got killed in it. Yeah. So it's kind of like. Mm. And a lot of people should have gone to jail for that, and they never did. They just continued to make blockbuster Hollywood hits. Shocking. Yeah. Okay, so It's a Terrible Life, Season 4, Episode 17. We start off with a recap. Um, I didn't catch too much of that recap. I was coughing my lungs out at the moment. and But mostly I picked up that Dean is the one that he needs to find strength in himself to end it all. Yeah, the recap, I put that it was very Dean-heavy. Dean-centric, if you will. Yeah, so the episode starts, and it's some upbeat white people music. <laughs> Dean's getting ready for work, and he is white-collar. This is clearly not the regular Dean. He hops into some shitbox car, and not a cool car. Uh, he's at the office. He's at some white-collar job in an office tower working. He's eating salads. He's climbing the corporate ladder. He's on the phone all day, and a lot of talk worried about his weight and diet. He leaves work, gets on the elevator to go down, and what do you know? There's Sam there. And uh, Sam is wearing a, a polo shirt, like a regular uh, tech support guy wears. And uh, Sam like mentions that Dean looks familiar. And Dean says, save it for the health club, buddy, thinking that he's hitting on him. And that's the beginning of the episode. Exactly. So, I mean, already, though, with the title and this opening we already know the whole premise right were you sh i mean this is, <laughs> it's not shocking what's going to happen well just the fact that yeah it's a terrible life it kind of like is everyone who works in a cubicle farm <laughs> yeah that's no but we know it's a plan it's a wonderful life right so right. that i assume it's going to be the same story except the supernatural version of said story and plus this probably aired right around christmas right let me see, when did this originally air? And I mean, historically, It's a Wonderful Life always plays around Christmas. No, it actually aired March 26th of 2009. Wow. 2009. Yes. That is shocking. Because it really has nothing to do with It's a Wonderful Life. Absolutely nothing. Oh, we're going to have a debate about that when we get to the very end of this then. Because the whole thing is It's a Wonderful Life. All right. Uh, we see uh, in a cube farm, we see Sam working tech support, and he uh, picks up the phone and gives the classic turn it off and turn it back on again, and it works, which is awesome because in tech support that is actually a thing, <laughs> just have him turn it off, off and on again, and if it works, you get off the phone, it's fixed. <laughs> yes, and uh, for you who don't know, Dan used to work in IT, and I always thought that was one of the most useless departments because... Yeah, that was usually their, their standard response. Well, have you rebooted lately? Yeah, unfortunately, that works like nine out of ten times. It, it really does. So I guess it is useful advice. But at the time, you're like, ah, son of a bitch. There never is an explanation for why things are locked up or not working. It's just turn it off and turn it back on. All right, you're moving on. All right, um, so in this cube farm, then, a dude that looks like, uh, <laughs> he looks like the music artist figure, if you know who that is probably not 
he rolls over and talks, starts talking to Sam about some girl. I mean, clearly it's a slacker, dude. Right, because he's not even in, because it looks like all the other people around are in the same yellow uh, shirt that Sam is in that says the company name and everything, and this guy is not. Yeah, this is just a young slacker. Uh, they, uh, they're going to lunch or something like that, and they swing past uh, this uh, co-worker Paul's cubicle, and this Paul guy is completely stressed out. Uh, I guess the rumor is he got busted surfing porn last week. Which is hilarious. Um, and then uh, Sam's friend, we learned. But, oh, excuse buddy, me. knock it off. Sorry, Buddy's being a jerk. The hell, dog? Uh, his name's Ian? Yes, his friend's I kept writing in my notes figure. Because <laughs> uh, I don't know what his name is, so I yes. just called him who I thought he looked like. Yeah, the character's name is Ian. Okay. Um, so Ian asks. Sam uh, about his dreams and because they're just like making small talk in the it looks like the uh, little uh, office kitchen that's on that floor and uh, by their conversation it seems like Sam has uh, shared his dream talk in the past and by the way office cubicle dream talk is the worst conversation I find any conversation at work is the worst conversation. Dream talk is the worst. There's only, there's only like one reason to ever care about someone else's dreams. And that's if they say, I had a dream last night and you were in it. That's the only time that it's interesting to me. Because then it's like, <laughs> okay, what were you thinking about with me too? Exactly. It's, other than that, I, I don't need to hear it. Whatever it is, it's for you to sort out. Um... But Sam uh, said that he dreamed that he saved Tessa from the Grim Reaper. And no, he said he saved the Grim Reaper Tessa from demons. Okay. I th- okay. Because Tessa was a Reaper that they yep, saved yep, from demons. You're right. You're right. Tessa, the Grim Reaper from demons. So that just happened in the last episode, episode before. It was just recently. Yeah, though. it was very recently. Uh, his buddy Ian uh, laughs hysterically at him for coming up with this one. Uh, we see Sam is back at his cubicle, tired and yawning. He falls asleep for a split second in his, in his dreams are clips from the previous episodes. Yeah, I put that uh, Sam's real life is bleeding through. Um, I don't know if he fell asleep or was just having a quick daydream as, as what, but yeah, definitely you can see that his real life was coming through to him in his mind. Yeah, I just thought he nodded off at his cubicle. I mean, that's probably true. He probably did. It just because they filmed it so fast. Sam and Dean run into each other again on the elevator. And again, Sam is like looking gay awkward at him. (laughs) Uh, Dean thinks he still is gay hitting on him. Uh, Sam asks Dean what he thinks about ghosts. Dean's like, "Uh, I never gave him much thought. And Sam's like, what about vampires? (laughs) Sam keeps poking and prodding, trying to get him to come out with something. And Dean just keeps shrugging him off, looking at him oddly. And before he gets off the elevator, he goes, public service, you overshare. <laughs> right. It was pretty funny. <laughs> Next we see Sam is back at work, helping someone again uh, on the phone. And he starts surfing the internet for vampires. At that point, Ian, buddy behind him, gets called to HR. And they kind of joke a bit because Sam's like, well, they're probably just busting you for uh, stealing all the office supplies. Um, 
we see then that Paul, so that guy takes off to HR. Uh, Paul is freaking out in his cubicle. He uh, supposedly lost a whole day's work and uh, is, he didn't, his computer locked up and rebooted and he didn't save or back up like an entire day. Like, dude, that's on you. Yeah, that's a really dumb thing to do. Yeah. that guy is, yeah, that's like the thing you do once when you get out of college and start an office job. And then the the time that you lo- lose, like four, six, eight hours worth of work, you'll never do that again. Right, right. Um, so Sam is like being his friend, trying to calm him down, talk him down. It switches to night and we see that Paul is still there at work, still freaking out. And also, here's another tip. If you lost your work, don't freak out and fret about it. Start over. You're losing daylight (coughs) worrying about it. Hustle your ass now to get caught back up. Right. I was thinking that all the time he spent trying to find his work, he would have probably been better off just to do it all over again. It would have been much farther ahead. It's in the afternoon. So he gets to work at 8. It's 2 in the afternoon. So he would have had. Uh, five hours worth of work. Well, now it's like late at night. It looks like it's at least eight or nine at night. Right. That's the exact same amount of time. He should have just started over. Exactly. He'd be leaving the office like pissed that tomorrow he's got to catch up still, but at least he'd have caught up to two o'clock today. Yes, he would have something to oh. show for all those hours. That that whole thing just annoyed me with Paul. I'm like, Paul, you're a dumbass. It's called work smart, not hard, Paul. Oh, if I was his boss, I'd be... I'd be pissed that he lost his work, then I'd be more pissed that he just wasted all of his time. Exactly. Look, looking <laughs> for it. The hard drive says it's not there. Just give up. Move on. Um, so Paul gets up, and uh, he goes into the office floor kitchen, uh, jams the microwave open, and sticks his head inside and cooks it. And by the way, this is when they, like, why do they always have to add special effects to stuff that would not have it he he turns a micro so he sticks his head in and then hits like the popcorn button or whatever and then it shows like sparks and zapping and all sorts of nonsense like dude your head would just sit there and get really hot yes but he was wearing metal frame glasses so i'm assuming that's what the sparks oh, are from oh yeah okay that's what the sparks back. are I from you, yeah i bet you your head with glasses inside would probably do something yeah otherwise you're right there would not have been sparks <laughs> like that because you don't typically you throw a meatloaf in the yeah, microwave to warm it up you don't know, see so a piece of metal in there you do yeah okay uh the next day there's uh they're cleaning that guy up uh his cooked head and all and uh, sam and dean kind of spot each other and through across the crowd again and look awkwardly at each other. And Dean goes back to his office and looks up that uh, guy and sees that he was only two weeks away from retirement. So it seems kind of odd he would kill himself over an issue now. Right, right. <laughs> and by the way, if he's two weeks away from retirement, he would have never done that in the first place. Right. Uh, Sam is uh, at his cubicle, and he's trying to be a slacker and talk to his buddy Ian but now Ian's got his work shirt on and he is like hardcore into his job and he's like freaking out and stressed and he gets called to a manager's office. Yeah. And um, at this point too, Sam also made the comment and I can't believe Paul would do that. He was going to retire in two weeks. So 
both Sam and Dean realize that, the, hey, this guy's going to retire retire in two weeks. What the heck was so important that he thought he had to kill himself over? Yeah, I mean, two weeks away from retirement, you could take a poop on the chair, and there's not much that they're going to be able to do about it. <laughs> right. Like, you were in coasting time then. <laughs> uh, wait, two weeks away from retirement, the guy still works in a cubicle? You know, some people... Loser. Yeah, that's like that episode of Next Gen where Picard relived his life where he didn't get stabbed in the heart and because he never took chances in his career, he's just like this lowly lieutenant. Yeah. So maybe Paul was one of these people that just never took chances in his career, never advanced. Jesus. I don't know. Or, I mean, maybe, work, maybe work is just not the center point of his life, and he's got, like, a, a big yoga studio or something <laughs> going on. <laughs> that could be. Uh, that, that he really loves. He's got more important things to do with his time. Yeah, absolutely. He, he doesn't have time for his career. He's got a monster truck to run this weekend down at the <laughs> Muditorium. <laughs> That's what he focuses his life on. All right, um, so Ian shows up at Dean's office. And Dean uh, reports that he screwed up uh, on a form. And this Ian guy just breaks down, freaks out about failing the company and costing the company money. And uh, Ian runs out the door and uh, into the bathroom. Dean follows him. And while uh, Dean's in the bathroom, like, looking at him, as this Ian guy is, like, standing in front of the mirror, hyperventilating, you can see Dean's breath. Then the soap dispensers start running all on their own. And now let me tell you, those damn soap dispensers don't work when they're supposed to ever. Right. <laughs> so true. The automatic ones with the seeing eye light, those things never work. Or the worst is when you put your hand, and then uh, the faucets that where you put your hand under and there's no water, and then when you pull your hand away, then there's a shot of water. <laughs> and it's like, where were you two seconds ago? And you just sit there and play cat and mouse with the water. Yeah, the worst is those soap dispensers where you're like, okay, no soap, no soap. You pull your hand away, and then the soap poops out on the counter. Yeah, it's, it's the worst. <laughs> I don't know how they don't have that technology. I mean, it's 2020, More people. Down. Get your shit together. Yeah. It, <laughs> um, Ian then uh, grabs a pencil out of his pocket and jams it in his neck. Uh, Dean ducks down to kind of help. Uh, you know, Ian... I don't know, do what? Not bleed out, but it's already too late. Right. Uh, but while uh, Dean, he, he like sees a reflection of someone in the uh, like the metal of the bathroom stall, I think. Um, I don't know. He sees it, the reflection in some metal. but And then he quick looks around, and he doesn't see anyone in there. He just saw the reflection. Uh, commercial, I believe. But next we see Dean is talking to the cops, and he spots Sam. And next we see Sam is back at work, and Dean calls him and tells him to come up to his office now. Dean asks, who the hell are you? And Sam's like, I'm Sam Wesson. I started three weeks ago. Dean's like, you talked to me about ghosts, and now... Like, he's right on the edge of admitting that something happened, but then he doesn't. He goes back to small talk and talking about his health regimens. Did you also notice what Dean's last name was in this episode? Uh, no, I didn't catch that. Smith. 
Smith and Wesson, also oh, a manufacturer of, of guns instead of Winchester. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, that's cute. Good job on you, McGee, or whoever made the call on that. Joke. <laughs> uh, Sam asks Dean, "Hey, buddy, did you see something in the bathroom?" And Dean doesn't really respond all too quickly when he does give a, "I don't know." Sam, at this point, goes into full sack classic Sam mode of how he talks about things. And he's like, what if ghosts are causing the deaths? What if, what if, what if? So he sounds like typical Sam Winchester at that point. Exactly. Dean asks, why do you think that? And Sam's like, uh, instinct? Sam tries to explain in his dreams. Uh, tries to explain his dreams to Dean and that he knows something strange is happening and all of it's connected. Sam shows Dean the emails about reporting to HR to on the wrong floor because... Sam hacked into their email accounts on both of these both these deaths. They got an email to report to HR, uh, but the room number in the emails is four fourteen. But HR is on the seventh floor. It's fourteen forty four. Oh, fourteen forty four. Yeah. Yes, HR is on the seventh floor. So they both decide, hey, let's check this out. Yep, let's check it. And uh, a little bit of talk. Like at first, they're like, well, we'll wait. You know, let's not rush into it. And is kind of the vibe, and Sam's like, you know, I'm down to check it out right now. And Dean's like, I know, right? <laughs> so he's all like jazz to go check it out. So you're starting to see the real Dean come out from underneath of this weird corporate shell. Uh, we see another tech guy, and he wanders into a storage room. Uh, I think they show the sign outside that it's uh, 1444. Yes, they do. The room that everyone's getting these emails from. By the way, just another note here is I like to uh, nitpick what's wrong with these shows. It's like a huge old dusty storeroom, or not huge, but a large dusty storeroom. Right. They don't put those on the 14th floor of, of buildings. Those are down in the basements or sub-basements. Typically, yes. That is wasted real estate for yes. executives yes. and uh, upper management cubicles. Mm -hmm. I thought that was absolutely ridiculous. I'm like... And then even then, it's a storage room with big, wide aisles in it. I'm like, nope, that is a ton of wasted real estate. Companies don't do that. That's true. Every time where they have a, yeah, storage is usually in the basement or something like that. Usually every, every floor will have an IT storage room, but it's a tiny closet. Right. That's just used as temporary holding of stuff in and out. Uh, okay, so the door shuts behind him. Uh, this dude, though, he's undeterred. He just keeps walking into the dark, spooky room. The monitors turn on. We hear something swooshing. He yells outside the room. We see Dan, Dan and Sam. <laughs> Sam and Dean. <laughs> Sam and Dean show up. Sam kick, just karate kicks the door in perfectly. It just blows open. Dean looks very impressed by it. <laughs> Inside, we see an old man ghost in, is in there, and they start to fight. And uh, the old man ghost is pretty strong, starts tossing people around, tipping things over. And right as the old man ghost goes to, uh, like, he's got shocky things or, like, <laughs> lightning on his fingers. And right as he's about to bend over to touch the tech, Dean grabs a huge pipe wrench and swings through the ghost. 
Now, why there is a plumber's pipe wrench in the IT storage room, I don't know, but there was, and thank God it was there. Thank God it was there, for sure. You've seen me working on computers with pipe wrenches, right? All the time, all the time. <laughs> Usually only when, I, when they hit the blue screen of doom, then you're like, yeah, you get that pipe wrench and just say, screw it, and smash yeah, it. Yeah, I just start smashing. Just Hulk <laughs> smash everything. Back at Dean's house, uh, Sam's hanging out with him after work. And Sam asks how he knew about the wrench. And Dean's like, I don't know. How would you know about kicking in doors? Sam says it's like they've done this all before. And they just don't belong there. Sam says it feels like he should be doing something else besides tech work. I'm destined for something different. Dean says he doesn't believe in destiny. And Dean calls Sam Sammy. He's leaving, I think. Uh, Sam stops and notices, like, hey, you called me Sammy? Don't do it again. So, which is funny. I thought Sam didn't mind being called Sammy by Dean. In reality, yes, but because Dean is his brother and Dean is the only one that can call him Sammy in this version of their life, they're not brothers, so therefore can't call him Sammy. All right, well, Dean says he's going to go and do what he does best, research, which is hilarious because Sam's the one that always does the research. <laughs> exactly. Dean and computers are usually not friends. Dean then finds an excellent source of information from the Ghost Facers website. <laughs> I love the Ghost Facers. I hope that there's more Ghost Facer episodes. Yes, there are. And did you know in this season... There was, shoot, there was, they had a web series, the Ghost Facers web series. I don't know how many episodes, um, and I haven't watched them, but I think that's something fun. I don't know if they're on YouTube or what, but that's something fun we should go and watch, is these Ghost Facer episodes. Yeah, yeah, let's put together a special episode, and we'll cover those at some point. Uh, they're watching the Ghost Facers video. It's kind of, I don't know, it's a step-by-step -step guide on how to, the basics of fighting ghosts. First step one is figure out what you're up against. So then we see Sam is at the laptop. He found the ghost. He uh, ends up that that ghost worked there at the building. He they, started the company. He owned the company. Oh, he started. Okay. <coughs> Dean figures that he's still watching over the company. 1929, they had 17 suicides, though, which is kind of odd. And they figure, though, that this ghost is coming back awake during a bad economy. By the way, that ghost used to have his office in the very room that's currently 1444. Yes. Because at some point they added more floors to this building. The boys go back to watching Ghost Facers. And uh, what's funny is that the ghost facers are bagging on the Winchesters <laughs> this whole time and saying that they suck. It's hilarious. Uh, the next step, I think, is gathering weapons. And then the next thing we see is Sam and Dean gathering weapons. They watch some more ghost facers and learn they have to burn the remains and possibly dig up the bodies. We see the boys are basically it's going back and forth. They're, they're doing the research on the ghost facers. Uh, website, and then you see them kind of following along. It was actually a pretty, pretty great couple of scenes there. I really liked that part. Exactly. Watching uh, them get schooled by the ghost facers who were schooled by the Winchesters. And I was kind of waiting. I got, I'm not going to lie. During this part, I was waiting for the, win for the ghost facers to use some footage with them in the background that would tip them off. Like, holy crap, there is something weird here. 
I really thought that there would be some footage from that one place, but they nuked all the cameras. That's so. just it. They destroyed, yeah. Sam and Dean destroyed all that footage, so therefore it wasn't there. Yeah, I thought they were, well, show, them, show a photo, show something. I don't know. They, I, I was expecting that the whole time for those two to really get tipped off that something's not right if they end up on the Ghost Facers website for some reason. But it didn't happen. Whatever. Moving on. Uh, so the boys head out to fight the old man. Uh, Dean uh, says, set your cell phone to, uh, set your cell to walkie talkie. Remember that feature on phones? Barely, but yes, I do remember. Yeah, I completely forgot about that feature altogether that, yeah, there used to just be that push to talk and you would just put people like you and someone else or like you in a small group and then when any you just held down the button and then it just blared out of everyone else's phone. Right. That right. was a feature on phones for like a minute. <laughs> uh, Sam gets busted by security guard pretty quickly and gets hauled off. Also at this point I was like, well, where's all of Sam's history of getting out of things? Because he's got the shirt on of the company. Well, that's what I said. He's like, he's wearing this polo shirt that has the name of the company embroidered on it. He would have a badge, too. You would, Yes, an employee badge. So you could probably to get in the building, you would and think. I mean, yeah. And the guys even like told it to the cops. Well, he's going to have a security badge. And even if, like the, if that security guard runs his badge on the... Uh, except the, was that door locked with any sort of... Not that I really noticed. I mean, the only time... Just the deadbolt, like a key lock. It didn't have an electronic lock on it. Right. Yeah, the only time that Sam kicked it in was when the ghost slammed it shut. So <clears throat> when the tech first went to go in there, it looked like he just walked, opened the door, walked in. He didn't have to have a... All right. Well, yet another thing that's completely inaccurate. IT <laughs> closets like that are locked tight because there's a lot of gear in them that grows legs very quickly. Yes. Yes. Um, Although I do have to say, at my last job, they had a shelf in the warehouse where had, they had all the old uh, IT equipment. So anyone could have, at any time, oh, I need a keyboard at home. Well, there's probably cameras and stuff there. Uh, possibly. There was a warehouse. Possibly. But let's just say it was not under lock and key. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Even, even computers in people's cubicles I've seen get stolen at places. <laughs> I think that's the funniest. Someone goes in and tries to use their computer, and then they realize it's just the keyboard, mouse, and monitor, and like either the box is gone or they stole all the insides and left the box there and just stuck <laughs> the cords in the back of the open holes. That was the best that I ever saw. It was just, yeah, someone had a really... Uh, Really great mobile and processor and everything. Cutting edge in 1999. Yeah, and it just swiped right out of their office. Um, it couldn't have happened to a better bunch of jackasses. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Where am I at? Um, okay, so Sam gets busted by the security guard and hauled off. Threatened to go to the cops, even though if it was an internal breach, like if, if he didn't have a key for that room or didn't have the security... You're not going to go to the cops. You're just going to get reported to your manager in HR. Give me a break. Exactly. Uh, well, as they're going down the elevator, the screens in the elevators glitch out, which drives me nuts. They're digital LCD panels, and they show static. That's not a thing that happens. Static only happens on analog TVs. 
Possibly, but when there's a ghost involved, how do you know? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I know because it's not going to do that. Dude, there's it no happen. such thing as static on digital sets. Um, so, these so the elevator like glitches out and it stops between floors. The, the guard's got the key, pops it in. Inner doors open up. He uh, pries open the outer doors and he crawls up. Um, I've been on elevators that have stopped between floors and I do not go crawling through like that. Oh, hell no. I've, I've only like, if it's an easy step up or step down and you can like hop through instantly, basically. Right. That's the only time right. I have never done the crawl up or crawl down to get right. through. Yeah. So I'm like, F that. I don't know when this thing's moving again. Exactly. Well, and then, you know, not only did the screen stretch out and the, the, elevator stopped between floors but also you could see their breath so it got very cold so sam knew what was up he knew something not so good was going to happen yeah. probably well the cop the cop uh, does just fine crawling out but then he turns around and uh, puts his hand down to uh sam or down to dean sam. sam i got one in my brain and one in my notes and i'm looking at two different things all together so the security card puts his Guard puts his hand down to Sam to lift him out of there. And Sam's like, uh, I'm not going anywhere, buddy. Uh, and then the elevator drops and the guy gets cut in half. Blood everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Dean is in room 1444. He's looking for more clues. He finds a picture of a bridge and then has a big idea. I don't know what it is. Uh, we see that cop uh, cut in half in the elevator and Dean calls him. And they're in a, with his walkie-talkie mode phone and asks Sam if he's okay. So and Sam's just got this shocked look on his face. Like, he's not okay at all. Right. Commercial. Um, yes, but what, and what you forgot to mention before is when the uh, boys were watching Ghost Facers and they said, you know, you have to burn the, bo you have to burn the remains. Sometimes you have to, it's going to get gross. You have to dig the remains up. So they did the research and found out that this guy, the ghost, was cremated. So now they're like, oh, that's what they were originally looking for, something in that room that had some genetic material of his in that they could burn to get rid of the ghost. Oh, which is so silly. That guy last used that office in what year? And there's been a complete remodel and adding floors. That whole room has been gutted and remodeled. It's not like his old desk is still sitting in there. Yes. <laughs> but it was. His old crap was still sitting well, I, in there because you found that picture of a bridge. Possibly. I don't know. Oh, come on, McGee. Uh, Dean says, you should go. What? No, I skipped down like 100 notes here. Just a second here. Okay, next we see Sam cleaning himself up. And he meets up with Dean. Dean notices all the blood on him. Uh, they're in front of some sort of memorial plaque with some gloves in it. What was that? I'm, I must have missed the explanation of where they were at and what they were doing. Well, that was the photo that whatever Dean found in this room, he knew that there were this old man Sandoval's work gloves in kind of like, yeah, a memorial to him. You know, the guy that started the company probably had a help hand in building whatever bridge that photo was of. And so like, ah, uh, gloves, possibly genetic material right here. Gotcha. All right. 
So, yeah, I guess in, like, the entryway of this building, they had this memorial plaque thing. And, yeah, these gloves were encased, were in, like, a, bo- a glass box. Um, time capsule sort of thing. Well, the ghost shows up quickly, and they start fighting. Sam and Dean both have fire pokers from some place. Where they got fire pokers in this building, I I have no idea. Well, yeah, but you have to remember they're at Dean, so in the so meantime... So Dean had extra fire pokers? Hey, in the meantime, guess what? They could have stopped at a store that sells fireplace supplies. Where can you... Okay, if I gave you $100 right now in one hour, where would you go get a fire poker? There's a place in Madison called Brick and Fireplace. All right, well, I guess that answers my question. Just saying. <laughs> I really wanted to shit on your point, but <laughs> I guess if there is actual fireplace poker stores. Yeah, Brick and Fireplace. It's right uh, by where I used to work at Dean. On Todd Drive. Okay, but what about good, high-quality fire pokers, like Italian jobs? I don't want Chinese cast. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, so they're, the boys are swinging away at the ghost, keeping him away uh, from each other. And, but the uh, ghost gets the upper hand. He's zipping around too much. Threw Dean across the room, I think. And right as that ghost bends over to uh, give Dean the little shocky fingers, Sam smashes that glass box and lights the gloves on fire. In turn, the ghost burns up and lights on fire. Sam exclaims, that's amazing, to Dean. And Dean heartily agrees. (laughs) He said he's never had so much fun in his life. (laughs) And then Sam gets all, like, wound up about this idea. He's like, yeah, we should keep doing this, like, for real. Dean laughs it off and asks how they're supposed to get by. Use stolen credit cards, share a crappy motel room, eat bad food every day. So pretty much describing what they actually do. Yeah, he's made the comment about you don't want to do this ghost hunting without health insurance. (laughs) (laughs) Sam, uh, Sam tells him those are just minor details. You know, we'll figure it out. Sam then tells Dean that in his dreams, Dean is with him as they're fighting these uh, bad omens, bad things. Uh, much like that they were brothers in his dreams. And Sam wonders if that is the real world and they're living in some sort of ghost matrix land. Uh, Sam is, is digging in. Um, Sam starts digging into the conversation on Dean as to uh, trying to get him to admit that his memories are fake because he's like, okay, when, you know, you know who your family are, but when's the last time you actually talked to them? Um, by the way, I, I moved here from somewhere and tried to call my old girlfriend, but the number wasn't real. It went to an animal hospital. Yes. And did you know us the name of Dean's family? No. It's Father Bob. Bobby Singer, Mother Ellen, Ellen Harvell, Sister Joe, Joe Harvell. Sam's fiance was Madison. She was Madison was in an, uh, an episode of Supernatural where she was the werewolf and didn't know it. Oh, okay. Fun. So they're using names. Oh, jeez. And now Harley's all wound up. Hi, sweetie. I know. Uh, Dean just doesn't believe it. Um. But Sam is pretty insistent that he thinks he actually knows him and nothing is right. Dean's like, you should go now. And sad music plays and Dean, Sam leaves. It's almost like the sad Hulk music. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of every episode, Bill Bixby walking yeah, to the next yeah. town. 
That's that, they they should have played that music because that's exactly <laughs> what it. It wasn't the melody, but it definitely Ow. was kind of the tune and intention right there. It's pretty. It cracked me up. Well, it's the next day. We see Sam in his cubicle, and he isn't picking up any calls. He's just staring at his phone, looking very annoyed. He stands, gets up, grabs an extra wood poker that's still hanging out in his cubicle now. Well, I'm assuming they have ones from the night before he just had in his bag and had it in his cubicle. Not okay, an extra one. if you smashed something in the lobby of the place you worked, would you keep the item that you used to smash it in your cubicle see, or chuck it in the garbage? See, here's another thing. It wasn't in the lobby when... Dean called Sam because he found something. He says, come up to 22. So they were on the 22nd floor. Okay. They so weren't in the lobby. All right. Well, maybe nobody found it yet. <laughs> All smashed and burned up then yet. Hopefully. 22 is just the museum floor open on Saturdays. <laughs> there you go. Um, let's see. Where are we at? And uh, so he, he stands up with his uh, wood poker there from the night before and smashes his phone to pieces and says he quits. <laughs> we see Dean working and uh, his boss comes in and asks him how he's feeling. Uh, boss comes in, sits down and says, very happy to hear that he's happy and actually writes a number down and gives him a bonus offer and uh, possible talk of a position uh, change in the future to senior VP of some. It was it was some ridiculous title too. It was like Northwestern Corridor S- Senior Vice President. No, of, no, Senior Vice President of something Eastern Great Lakes. Yeah, it was it was a long silly title. Uh, Dean says thanks, but I actually I'm giving my notice. The boss says he's hopes he's joking. Dean says he's found other work that he's had to do. Dean says this is just not who I'm supposed to be. The manager, who all the time looked a little shifty to me, stands up and says, Dean, 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 finally. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, the demon's going to reveal himself. We get the whole story. But he gets angel touched on the head. And the color then leaves the picture. <laughs> I don't remember the color leaving the picture. Well, because yes. the color, it looks so bad. Our uh, TV no, looks so no. bad. No, no, even on our bad TV, it was a hilarious, just simple transition of here's normal contrast on a normal show. Let's turn that down 75% to make it half <laughs> black and white, dirty looking, and half color. <laughs> it, it, was, uh, it was silly, I thought. Right. Um, so when the color left the picture, now I know, we know, the audience knows that Dean is back in real life world where the episodes normally happen and aren't so colorful. Uh, the manager reveals himself as the angel Zachariah and uh, lets him know he's Cass's boss and he just had to come down and uh, teach Dean a lesson. He had to teach Dean that he is a hunter, it is in his blood, and that he will be able to stop what he started. And Zechariah is like, hey, most people don't get a chance to do anything, but look at you. You get to change things. Save people. Look around. There's plenty of crappier places you could be or doing right now. The end. Yeah, he says that uh, he will do great things. He's destined to do these great things. But Dean does threaten it. He goes, Angel or not, I'm going to stab you in the face. All right, so this whole episode is exactly like It's a Wonderful Life because 
as soon as he realizes his true meaning, that's when he comes back to real life. Like when he realizes, oh, I truly am a hunter, he comes back. Last night, when uh, George what's his ass? George Bailey. George Bailey realizes that he does want to be alive. He does want to live. That's when he comes back to real life. He's not in the angel fantasy land. Both are angels. Both showed people the other reality until they admitted something. And boom, they were back. Exact same episode. Well, yes, in a way, you're right. That is true. But this is not a case and study of this is what the world would be like had you not been born. Whereas in the It's a Wonderful no, Life. No, it's what you would be like had you not taken up this lifestyle. Yeah, had. And we've been sitting here listening to Dean piss and moan about how he wishes he wasn't a hunter for a while. So an angel answered that prayer. This is true. Not Clarence, but Zachariah. Yeah. So that's why I think it's it's an exact copy. You yeah. agree with me? No. It's Did not I convince a, you? No. No, no, no. How can I never convince you be, on a be, good point? I mean, it's just a good point. There are a lot of lot of very similar references, but not, not an exact copy, no. Um, but, yeah, you're right that the fact that at the end, as George Bailey discovers, that his life really is a blessed life, Dean discovered that, too, that his life does have more meaning than just being a corporate shill like the rest of us. Now, let me tell you, though, what I, I have a massive problem with the writing on this episode, and I really wish they had done this different, because I find it very weird that this whole, st- this whole episode is about Dean's self-discovery, except the problem is this entire story, when they're in Angel Dream World playing the, this out, it's Sam leading him by the nose through the entire story about... Maybe these are ghosts. Like, maybe this is. It's it's Sam that propels it all. If it wasn't for Sam, Dean would have just been like, geez, bad week at the office, and kept moving on with life. It was only because of Sam poking and prodding him. It, it was more like Sam learned more and discovered more and was smarter in this than Dean was. Dean had to get everything shown to him. Well, that's true. And Sam was the one whose dreams kind of bled over from yeah. his real life, too. But maybe that was Zachariah's whole point, is that the fact that, yes, Dean, this is your life, but maybe the other point was, by the way, you need Sam to do this. Without Sam, you know. Okay, well, hopefully that is also there, because if you, if without that thought, Oh, you're right. Without that thought, it just looks like really bad story writing. Like, oh, you're trying to teach Dean a lesson, but Sam's the one that was smart and figured it all out. Totally true, yeah. Dean would have been just, you know, happy to do his cleanse diets and drive his crappy car or whatever and Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, he didn't he he looked happy. He he looked like he was having a great life before. Like if he'd have never been if he'd have never met Sam and gotten a a, 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 a glimpse into this life of, of fighting ghosts and been really excited and jazzed by it, like if that never happened to him. He'd have never discovered it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that there's a lot of people out there that are really into jiu-jitsu that had they have never been exposed to it, they would have never known that they would have been into it. This is true, but you have to recall what you say a lot of times about Dean. No matter what situation he's put in, he always tries to make the best of it. Ah, that is true. He is very good at self-soothing and moving on through. Yes, he's always, even the crappiest situation, you know, he'll look at the bright side of it. You know? Yeah, yeah, he's he's not worried about things that don't get solved by worry. Right, exactly. Worry is the last worry on his mind. 
pretty much. Hmm. I don't know. Um, well, I think he'd have been perfectly fine, and in 10 years he'd have, like, you know, pretty much been a VP and had that whole upper corridor to himself. He'd probably have been doing a lot of corporate travel, entertainment, board meetings across, you know, continents, and uh, been just fine with his life. I, I don't think in 10 years, if, if that version of Dean would have continued to live for another 10 years, gotten the big bonuses and the promotions, I don't think he'd be upset by that. I don't think he'd look back and go, damn, I wish I'd have done something different. Like ghost hunting. <laughs> no, uh, probably not. But still, you think about the life Dean does have and how much more, I don't want to say exciting it is, more fun it is, more worthwhile it is. Well, it's the whole thing. It's the calling about it's in his blood to be a hunter. He's meant to hunt bad things. So. And look at all the people they've saved throughout their lives, and they're going to continue to save as long as they I guess it isn't like necessarily the rush of doing the activity. It's just the draw to the activity. Right, right. So, yeah, you're right. Dean would have probably had that internal craving but never answered the calling had Sam never come along and said, hey, let's, uh, let's look up this info from... Let's look up some info and see what we can do, and then... Yeah, that's true. I mean, the one thing that Dean did do was find ghost facers. <laughs> <laughs> that was his huge contribution. <laughs> Those douche nozzle Winchesters. So how many, do you know any more about that ghost facers series? Like how many episodes are there and how long are they? No, I'm not really sure. All it says. Uh, da, da, da. Oh, shit. I'm looking at the wrong one. <laughs> I'm looking at the next one. You know, we'll ha I'll have to get back to that because I'm not going to take the time. Okay. Now. Yeah, I was just kind of curious. Maybe we'll do that as like a holiday special. Yeah, there you go. Uh, anything else you want to bring up about this episode? No, not not anything. Um, it had the death count at four, but I'm once again trying to um, find out where the fourth one is. Uh, because he had the guy that microwaved his head. Well, did these even really happen? They all happened in Wacky Angel World. What does Zachariah say? He said it was a real haunting. Real haunting. Okay, so what, this whole company just, uh, they have no memory of these guys being employed now? Possibly, I don't know. But anyway, he had the guy that microwaved his head, the guy that killed himself with a pencil, and the security guard. Those are the three. The only time I can count a fourth is if you count the ghost itself, which they usually don't in these episodes. I'm trying to find where the fourth why are death. these death counts always so off? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. It'd be nice if they had documented who it was. So we could cross-reference. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and if they don't usually count the ghost itself, then that doesn't make sense. No, not at all. And I doubt they count work gloves ever. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Because, yeah, because the, the tech they found in the room when the ghost was attacking, when they first fought the ghost, he survived, I'm assuming, because Sam and Dean got him out of there. Yeah. So I wouldn't count that as a death either. Just the security guard, the dude that punched, you know, stabbed himself with a pencil, and the dude that microwaved his head. Now, wait, what does that guy say? The guy that was attacked in the room? 
What does he tell his friends happened to him when he's all beat up or he goes and gets medical attention? I don't know. I walked into a dark, scary room and all of a sudden there was a ghost and then these two guys showed up and saved me. Pretty much. I think that's about it. And by the way, that guy's name is Sam. He works over on the third floor and then this is Dean and he works on the whatever floor he was on. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a problem. Yeah, it is a problem. <laughs> And again, the loose ends to all this. Like Once again, we have an entire company now that have seen these people. They're there, and now they vanish. It's going to be very odd and easy to track in the future. Possibly, or did Zachariah, you know, because he can make... Twiddle his nose and change reality? Yes, or change their memory of it anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll just leave this all for sloppy writing <laughs> to, to, to uh, explain... Alrighty. <laughs> well, it's a problem when you start thinking of show rules. Like stuff is always going to fall apart. That's true. I mean, wow. yeah, there's always going to be something here and there that's not going to add up. All right. Anything else then? No. Okay. So, just a reminder: we have a Facebook group called Armchair Hunters, where you can come on over and say hi with us, and our excellent website, which I mentioned at the top of the program, coupleofidgets.com. You can make a comment on the episodes. You can download all the episodes. You can listen to them all right there online. So it's excellent for sharing this with other folks to uh, just test it out, you know, see if you like us or not. Please share us with your friends, family, neighbors, uh, anyone who you think might also enjoy Supernatural. Uh, You know, our audio at the first couple episodes is a little rough. Some of the audio along the way is a little rough, too, but I think the content's good. And if you're a Supernatural fan, you know, it's really fun as you listen through some of that. And then you can hear some of that... uh, What's the what? What is it when the ghosts talk in the static and stuff? White noise. No, well, it isn't white. No, no, it's the electromagnetic interference. Yeah, the can, EMF. Yeah, you can hear some of that. Some I've listened to our clips, and there's like some spooky sounds in there that we don't add. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy. Or like it'll uh, skip a word. Well, it's probably because we have shit microphones. Oh no 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 no! This is like some sort of other weird technique. You've got to go listen to a couple of episodes of of your own podcast. (laughs) Okay, I think I will. Yeah, uh, that's it for us. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Oh, first week. What's our episode tomorrow? Tomorrow, season four, episode 18 is entitled The Monster at the End of This Book. Ooh, neato. It sounds like a choose-your-own-adventure. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Hi, everyone. Bye.